0: So it's week two of Advent, it's week two of Advent isn't it? And last week we talked about seeking treasure and we went on a quest to seek treasure and we were encouraged to consider what, the real, what real treasure is and how if, we care, not, if, how if we're not careful the treasure of Christmas g- can get lost in all the wrappings. And I remember once being asked, did you like the watch you had for Christmas? Watch? What, what, what watch? Watch what you had for Christmas, cue frantic searching through the ripped wrapping paper and bags and rubbish to find this unwrapped gift and, and get it, uh, has anyone else been in that situation? Yes, yeah, searching for something that's not, that, that you should have opened and no, no just me, I'm just careless, okay, well this week our theme is sharing treasure and we've already had a, a very practical demonstration of sharing treasure of sorts this morning by the bringing of these gifts here today and um, can you pray for my re suspension in the car, please? That uh, I'm used to driving without seeing out the back window, but we'll just pray for the re suspension as well as we take the gifts away with us today. But a demonstration of sharing treasure, isn't it? The, these gifts are going to go to four steps to a smile, and they're going to go out distributed to, to children and, and young adults that would otherwise go without. There's another couple of things in terms of sharing treasure. Our kids have gone out and they're going to have a party of sorts, but they're also going to be encouraged to share their treasure and tell people about Jesus. So at the end of the service, in the final song, they're going to come back in and find someone and they're going to tell you about Jesus. Is that okay? So can you look interested? Because you don't know. <laughs> can you look interested when they come back in? Yeah, brilliant. And there's also another example of sharing treasure. Will and Vicky, come forward. Come forward. They don't know. They're looking. At this. this is Will and Vicky. This is Vicky, and this is Will, just for, <laughs> for, for Just some people might be short-sighted. <laughs> now, Will and Vicky, Vicky works in the church offices employed. They've been doing a course with Vineyard, their leadership training with Vineyard Church. And it was it was Vicky was saying in, in supervision, I wanna do something to develop and I'm not sure what. So they saw this with Vineyard, and Vineyard don't usually open it up to outsiders, it's usually for, for Vineyard leaders to do. But I don't know whether it was threats or sympathy. whether it was sympathy or, or what. But they said, no, no, we'll open it up and you guys can come. So Will and Vicky for the last couple of years have been attending sessions over at Vineyard Birmingham and completing their leadership course. And they've completed it. And I just wanted to get you up to say, well done, guys. Thank you. Thank you for your blessing. We look forward to what you've learned to bring into Junction 10. You know, Vineyard Ross asking, well, what do you do at Junction 10? And so they told them all the brilliant things that we do at Junction 10 as well. So I just wanted to get you out. probably recognise it. Say thank you. Alison said it was a pleasure to have you on the course. So thank you. And we look forward to We Give them a round of applause. Thank you. Okay, but now we have to get serious, and it's time this morning for us at Junction 10 to nail our colours to the mast. We need to decide where this church stands on an issue that's been the source of debate for a number of years now. I've not run this past Kevin, Rachel, or sorry guys. It's divided families, it's set one generation against another, and some people say the whole thing should have just been left alone and not started again. And of course, we're in the last few days before the general election. And, and seriously, pray for our leaders, whoever that is going forward. Pray for them. Yeah, we don't know who it's going to be, so we just need to pray for them. Pray that they're open to God's wisdom, to godly people around them. And also, use your vote. However you feel is appropriate to vote, use it. But I'm talking about the big issue they're facing. And that is, which is the better film adaptation of the Roald Dahl classic book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Now you'll notice I didn't say which is the better film version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because I made that mistake yesterday. Hang on. I asked Phil Miles if he had a copy of the DVD of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the originals, and he said I'd stumbled into one of his pet peeves. To which I replied, but Phil, they're so difficult to avoid. <laughs> because the original film was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The 2005 version was called Charlie and the, Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So let's vote this morning. Let's, let's get this sorted once and for all. Hands up if you're a fan of the original and the new film's an abomination. Original one. Oh. Hands up if you like the new film. Because the original film couldn't even get the title right. Hands up if you really don't care. <laughs> well, it's about a bit fair split all the way through there, so you know, fifty two forty eight. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna watch a short clip from the original one. Okay? So if we can have the lights off please. We'll roll VT. like a bar of chocolate, please? Yeah, okay, sure. What kind? A Slugworth Sizzler? Wonka Wonka Scrumdiddly Umptious? Whichever's the biggest. Try a Wonka Scrumdiddly Now that all the tickets have been found, I don't have to hide them anymore. <clears throat> <clears throat> hey, 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 take it easy. You'll get a stomachache if you swallow it like that. Bye. Bye now. I think I'll buy just one more for my grandpa Joe. Sure. Why not try a regular Wonka bar this time? Fine. Did you hear the news? That gambler from Paraguay made up a phony ticket. That means there's one golden ticket still floating around somewhere. Can you imagine the nerve of that guy? Trying to fool the whole world? Oh, he really was a crook. Well, this means the contest goes on forever. When do It's found the last golden ticket. Golden last see it really is gold. Stand back there. Leave back the here. boy alone. Let me see don't it. Don't you kill him. Did you see Leave what him he's alone. Got? Break it up. Let me see it. Over here. Show it over here. Please. Come on, Charlie. Hold on to that ticket. Run for it, Charlie. Run straight home and don't stop till you get there. Okay. Thank you for that warm welcome back. <laughs> oh, got to listen to you. Want to film. <laughs> if you know the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you'll know that the Bucket family were very poor, weren't they? They had very little money. And Charlie could have taken that money home, uh, but he decided to buy something that he valued. A- and you know, it was thought that all the golden tickets had been bought, so he didn't buy it because he wanted the golden ticket. He wanted just some chocolate. And in the clip uh, that we watched there, he decided that actually he was going to share this little bit of treasure that he found in the in the drain. And he was going to buy his grandfather a bar of chocolate as well. And in doing so, he came across an even greater treasure, didn't he? He found the real last golden ticket. And I showed the old one because in the new one, he picked his notes about the out the snowy ground. And he walks into a shop and he buys a chocolate. And he opens the bar and the golden ticket's there in the first one. So that that's 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 more nice isn't it that one. but why show the clip why show that well as we were setting it up Sangeeta went oh it's like Christmas but I didn't show it because it make you feel Christmasy it's because it reminded me of a couple of parables that Jesus told them about treasure and things of value which we found in Matthew 13 verses 44 to 46 And it says the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and brought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. People still enjoy searching for treasure today, don't they? Did anyone see these couple of stories in the last last couple of weeks? First one was Britain's largest golden nugget worth £80,000 found in a Scottish river. It wasn't found by me when I was up there in October. Britain's largest gold nugget weighing a whopping 121.3 grams has been unearthed in a Scottish river. An unnamed explorer made the find using the traditional method of sniping which involves lying face down in a river wearing a snorkel and dry suit. The, the nugget is thought to be worth £80,000 but may now legally have to be handed over to the Queen. Kev will get to see it, maybe. <laughs> the gold is actually found in two pieces which slot perfectly together, earning it the name the Reunion Nugget. And that the person that found it may have to hand it over to the Queen. The next one, is in a couple of weeks, was Detectorists. Jailed for 3 million Viking hoard theft. Two metal detectorists have been jailed for stealing a 3 million pound Viking hoard. George Powell and Leighton Davis uncovered about 300 coins in a field near I, in I, near Lemster, Herefordshire, in 2015, but din, did not declare the treasure, instead, selling it to dealers. They were convicted of theft and concealing their find. And both stories, they, they raise an interesting dilemma for me about with that par- with the, in the parable. Who did the treasure in the field belong to? Shouldn't the man who found the treasure have told the owner about it? And if it were a modern time, we've read, if he'd have hid it, he'd have got sent to prison for failing to declare he's found. Well, before there were banks and saves throughout history or strong rooms, people hid their valuables in the earth. Parable of the Talents... Yeah. And the practice was particularly common during times of war and instability. And there are accounts from Jewish historians about what sorts of treasure was found in the ground under the ruins of cities. And, and so burying valuables wasn't uncommon. But if the person who buried it was killed or died without others in the family knowing, the treasure remained in the ground to be discovered by someone else. And in the parable, Jesus didn't address the fact whether it was moral for the man not to tell the current owner that the treasure was in the field or not. You know, there are some writings to indicate the custom at the time was because the man found the treasure, he had a right to it. And by buying the field before digging it up, nobody else was uh, entitled to a claim on it. And as there's no mention of the man doing anything wrong, and it's not a parable about addressing morals and ethics, Bible scholars assume that the man's actions were okay at that time. The point of the parable isn't the rights and wrongs of finding the treasure. It's the joy of finding it there. Yeah? The joy of finding the treasure. And just imagine yourself as that man in the story for a moment. Think what it would be like to stumble across treasure like that. Something that would transform your life. How would you feel? And I wondered whether we needed to like try and modernise the parable for today's, today's story. But you can still find treasure, can't you? It still happens, you can still go out, find treasure, get your do metal detector and dig it up. It still happens. But today you have to declare what you find in the ground. Once you do, it's then valued by the Treasure Valuation Committee, and they put a value on it, and then if a museum wants to buy it, they have to pay what it's been valued at to that finder and to the landowner. So remember the Staffordshire Hoard, found a few years ago, 2009. That was valued at 3.285 million. And so the finder and the landowner got about 1.6 million each. And this is a parable, isn't it? Of course, Jesus used parables to illustrate a particular point. And with these two parables, Jesus was saying, think about how it would feel if you found physical or monetary treasure. How happy would you be? How, would, how far would you go to obtain that? And when you do, well, that's how it feels when you find the kingdom of heaven. And in the two parables that we read, I think the circumstances in how the treasure was found are slightly different. In the first, the man, it sounds like he'd perhaps been randomly digging holes in a field hoping to find something. Or he might have been walking through a field and tripped over a goblet or something little shiny caught his eye as he crossed the field. In the second one, this was a merchant, this was a man who understood the value of the pearls that he was looking for. He was actively looking for something. And there seems to be a more definite, intentional search for treasure going on. And of course, we're talking about treasure. And when, this morning we're not talking about monetary treasure in terms of the treasure around Christmas. We're talking about the treasure we find to access the kingdom of heaven. And that treasure is Jesus. And while Jesus isn't lost, we all need to discover who he really is. Yeah? And I think that some people are actively searching for Jesus. They might not know that it's Jesus actively searching for, but they're searching for something to make sense of this world and this life. But actually other people just seem to come across Jesus by chance. They're living day to day. And then something happens and they just seem to find Jesus by chance. If you're here this morning, if you're actively seeking Jesus this morning and don't know him yet, or you think that you're just here by chance, somebody's given you a card to come to church on this Sunday or you've come because you've had a present to bring and just think it's by chance. No, you can access that treasure this morning. You can access a treasure that's an offer and it's a treasure so great, as we read in the parable, it's worth giving up everything that you have for. Philippians 3, verses 7-8 to says, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ." You know, sometimes when people find treasure, it can do strange things to them, can't they? It can cause greed to kick in. The men in Lemster, they didn't declare the treasure, I'm sure, because they wanted to sell it privately. They believed that they could get more money, probably, from selling it privately than by declaring it to the Treasury Evaluation Committee or whatever they're called this week. And apparently the finders of the Staffordshire Hoard, although they found it, they declared it, and the money was split, Apparently they fell out over the money issue. And you read, don't you, in the newspapers about lottery winners who've won amounts of money that are life-changing, should set them up for life. And they comment a few years later, it was the worst thing that ever happened to them. I'd like to give it a try maybe sometime, (laughs) but, but that's a different matter. So how do we respond to the treasure that we have in Jesus? The greatest treasure is Jesus, isn't it? And the greatest gift he gives is love. It was his love for us that took him to the cross and meant that we can access the kingdom of heaven. And while people with monetary treasure and wealth can become selfish and want to keep what they've got, Jesus taught something different. He taught the principle that give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it it will be measured to you the more you use or give this treasure the more you get in fact it was more than a principle it was Jesus' greatest commandment wasn't it the most important one love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and the second is this love your neighbour as yourself there is no commandment greater than these or alternatively John's Gospel says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Sharing the treasure, means loving one another, doesn't it? And we do so knowing, as we share the treasure, our part of it is only going to increase. He's a good God, isn't he? Jesus gave the commandment to love each other, And he also gave us the power through the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So this morning, how are we getting on sharing our treasure? How are we getting on showing love to others? How are we doing loving others individually and also collectively a church at Junction 10 well we can point to these gifts can't we that we've collected today because this is showing love it is yeah it is but as we've looked at treasure this morning it's not just treasure that's like financial resources or the product of those financial resources we've prayed haven't we that we want these gifts to be a blessing to the recipients and you know we don't know We believe obedience, God blesses obedience, doesn't he? And as we've been obedient in responding to a need and bringing, we don't know what God can do through this. Yeah. But we've prayed, we want them to be a blessing. But we know actually the greatest resource that all these recipients could ever get is Jesus. And that's why there's a team of folk out at Bescott Market today sharing the good news of Jesus. It's why there's a team of people who faithfully serve at Living Waters in Willanong, people who help and run pit stop to campaign to abolish slavery, to get people who've managed to get away from slavery free and set up in a, in a new life. It's why we've got folks going to the home in Goscott and to Blocksville Hospital to share the story of Jesus. It's why the worship team are here a couple of hours before most of the people setting up. It's why people give up their Friday evenings to help at youth. And it's why people all around this room and building serve because we want to share our treasure, don't we? And this morning, can I quickly encourage you to keep serving? And if you don't serve in, in some area yet, come and see me afterwards, see Kevin, and, and take that opportunity to serve in some way. Loads of different ways you can serve. And we need to be a church that's active and serving if we're going to reach the people of Warsaw. We said treasure isn't just finances, but actually it's going to take financial resources to build the Junction 10 Arc, isn't it, at Allenwell? But that building isn't about us having our own space for services, is it? We've managed for six years without a building, and while having one will make life easier in some ways. It'll bring different challenges. But the important thing is we want that resource, that facility, to be a treasure to the community. Yeah? We want them to access that treasure. It's why we didn't feel it was right to go for a nondescript building. It's a statement building because it's going to be a treasure in the community. And you know what? They may come in and they may not value it in the same way that we do. They may not value the fact that we've been on the road for 10 plus years. 10 years. They may not value that people have been giving into it for maybe the best part of 40, 50 years by then. But we'll continue to share it because we're commanded to love. But what about individually? What about individually? Outside the Junction 10 services and activities, how are we sharing our treasure ourselves? Well, we're all unique, aren't we? We all may have different skills and abilities, and we can share treasure in different ways. Mons, sadly, yesterday we lost a great man of God, Reinhard Bonnke, if you don't know him, look him up. Passed away at the age of 79, a German man who was passionate about sharing the treasure of others. More than once I heard him saying, you've got to say in the accent, to hell with the devil, to heaven with the people. And it's estimated that more than 79 million people discovered Jesus through his ministry. A million a year of his life. And more than that, thousands upon thousands of people were healed through his ministry. In November 2000, 1.6 million people attended a single meeting in Lagos, Nigeria. This was a man who shared his treasure and we thank God for his life. We pray for the family that that's left behind. This morning, you and I may not be called to show our treasure on that scale. Maybe you are. But I'm guessing Reinhard Bunker didn't start off by standing up in front of 1.6 million people. I'm guessing he started as he started his journey with Jesus. Maybe sharing it with one or two people, just a few at a time. And are we doing that? we'll have different callings. We may never address the thousands or millions like he did, but we can share our treasure with those around us, can't we? And it's not just the words we say, it's also the attitude and posture that we take. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, and I paraphrase it, you can talk all you like, but if you don't have love, you're like a clanging cymbal. Are we demonstrating love to those around us as we want them to access the kingdom of God? And this morning... Please know that there's no doubt that you can take hold of the greatest treasure on offer, Jesus. We started that clip from Charlie and the Chocolate Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Sorry, Keep Feel Happy. But unlike the uncertainty of Charlie and what he felt about whether he'd find the golden ticket or not, there's no element of chance or luck in discovering Jesus. He's waiting with his arms open to welcome you into the kingdom of heaven. And once you have that treasure, you must pass it on. It should be something that's so exciting, something so joyful, you just can't wait to pass it on. And you do so in the knowledge that in sharing the treasure, it won't diminish or it won't reduce your part of it. Actually, it's only going to increase your part of it. So this week, let's look for the opportunities to share our treasure. This week and during the rest of Advent, let's invite people to services coming up over the next few weeks. Let's help at the Block Carol service if we can. You know, let's be the smile and the voice of calm in a busy time. As people feel under pressure to try and have the perfect Christmas. We celebrate Christmas here at Junction 10. We celebrate, we thank God for coming to earth as a baby. As Jesus. And it's a busy time for us here at Junction 10 as well. And maybe sometimes we can feel guilty of of getting under pressure to deliver the perfect Christmas program too. But actually the perfect Christmas sold by the marketing departments doesn't exist. And it rarely, if ever, includes the one perfect thing about Christmas, which is Jesus. So this morning, let's share the treasure. Let's share the good news of Jesus so everyone can enjoy all that it brings. Amen.